Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I am that dude, Bodkins. Patty da Patty. That's ridiculous. No way. There's nobody else out there. He's your guy. Give a big round of applause for the one and only Bodkins show. I'm going to repeat that again, folks. I didn't stutter. Welcome to the Bodkins show. everybody welcome to another great episode of the bodkins show i am that dude bodkins of course this is our sunday night interview sit down show uh, uh we got a special guest for you tonight uh before we give them the introduction please check out thursday's show me and johnny cruz sat down we talked a little bit of nba uh about the play-in games uh we talked uh we covered the final four Plus, we also talked, uh, we previewed the UFC 287 that happened last night. So if you missed any of that, please check that out Thursday. But I don't want to wait any longer talking about the past. Well, we're going to talk about the past tonight, but we're going to talk about everything with our guest. Welcome. This one's special, folks. Sometimes we do stuff for you guys. Sometimes I got to do stuff for myself. And this, this tonight's a little bit for myself. Tonight's guest. None other than Missouri High School Basketball Hall of Famer. None other than a man who's won over 500 career games as a basketball coach. None other than my old ball coach, the man who uh, sat me on the end of the bench most of my life, who, uh, you know, for other reasons, I know why I wasn't very good. I'll tell you that much. But uh, a man who I call a friend, a mentor. Welcome to the show for the very first time, Coach Steve Schofield. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. <laughs> Coach, welcome. Let's start from the very beginning. Coach, it's funny because I've known you for over 20 years, but I don't know a lot about you other than, well, you're just a ball coach, you're a guy who loves playing basketball. Has basketball always been in your uh, blood? Like, was that the first sport you always loved? No, actually, baseball was. I played a little baseball in high school. Um, I was cut after my sophomore year in high school from the basketball team. Now, I went to Quincy, Illinois, which was a high school about 2,200. In 1980, they were ranked number one in the United States by um, USA Today. So, big basketball tradition, and I had the athleticism of a Nick Bobkins. <laughs> I was going to say, Coach, we got a lot in common. I was cut freshman year of baseball. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, I can't, I don't have the notoriety to say we were like number one ranked in the state. That. You know, I don't have that, uh, you know, kind of built in. Yeah, it was another world. Um, our gym held about 5,000 5, there every night. And uh, basketball is just a big tradition. And I just wasn't good enough. Once, what made you get into coaching? Then? Like, what made you start following the, following the game? I've always liked sports. Um, I guess competitiveness. I wasn't good enough to play him, so I thought I'd do the next best thing and try to coach him. It, was that always the goal, high school coaching, or did you? Was there something other bigger plan, kind of, as you were uh, growing up? Oh, I planned on going pro, of course. <laughs> no, there was really no plan. Um, probably my problems back in high school was I had no plans, and uh, I um, actually started college as a business major, and that wasn't very good. <laughs> Um, 
So I went into physical education. Coaching came along with it. I've always enjoyed sports, which whatever sport was going on at the time. You said baseball was kind of your first love and played it. Ever thought about coaching baseball? I know you coached uh, softball for a year or two, but ever was baseball ever an option? Yeah, I've coached some baseball in the past. Um, you know, baseball's gotten so slow, and I was never um, went to the doctor, but I'm pretty sure I'm ADD. They just didn't <laughs> have that back in my day. You just got swats, and um, I just lost interest in baseball because of the slowness of it. And um, basketball moved along. We um, can kind of set the pace. I like the new baseball with the timer and everything a lot better, but um, basketball is now my first love. So once you got uh, it to, to teaching, like what was the first coaching gig that you had then? Um, I coached a junior high team in Illinois back in 85, 86. I once coached, the next year I coached a girls team. Now these were, when I was at the girls, I was an assistant coach. It was in Iowa. And um, back then Iowa played six on six. They played three on three, one end, three on three on the other end. So um, I bet you haven't had a whole lot of um, people on that's ever coached six on six girls. No, the only time I knew that is my grandma told me they played six on six. So <laughs> there's that. This might sound like a sexist thing, but I thought it was pretty good for the girls. And yeah. You'd be shocked how many girls wanted to play defense and not the offensive end. And But it's gone away, and um, I don't know. I understand why girls went to five-on-five, five, but it wasn't bad. It wouldn't have been bad for some boys' teams, actually. All right, we could have used six-on-six, uh, six, uh, you know, a couple years I played for you, Coach. Yeah, we could have probably got you a little more time. You know, <laughs> I could have got you down there at that one end. Hey, there you go. We got a little nervous. (laughs) So from the girls game, what led you into the the boys or what just got to a different school then? After the one year in Iowa, I knew the six-on-six girls wasn't for me. I went to Webster Groves outside of St. Louis, just took a chance. They were looking for a sophomore coach. I had no idea about Webster Groves history or anything I don't know if you know, it's pretty good. They've won a couple state championships since then. Um, some division one players. I had a sophomore coach there, but didn't have a full-time teaching job. I moved over to Valley Park, which is a great school district, but not the basketball tradition of Webster Groves. Um, thought I always wanted to go back to Illinois. If you've lived in Illinois, Illinois, Missouri basketball, it's just not the same. Um, just a little more pop. Illinois' first sport is basketball. And um, I thought I'd stay in Illinois as an assistant coach down in Southern Illinois. Two years later, the state ran out of money, and they had to cut a bunch of teachers. I was one of them. I went back to Missouri, um, started my head coaching career at a school called Brashear up by Kirksville, about a school of 90. Lasted there two years, and then moved on around and back to the Frisco League here now. Yeah, you've been at the Frisco League for over almost 30 years, Coach. I mean, right? Am I um, my around 25, actually. So a long time. Yeah. Long time. I've hit up four of the schools. Don't plan on hitting them anymore of them. <laughs> Coach, I, I, I mean, it, I got to ask you, like, it's you've talked about retirement. I've heard you talk about retirement. To me, I, when people say, hey, I've heard, you know, the rumors of like, hey, you could retire in a year or two. To me, Coach, I, I don't think you'll ever retire. I think you're always going to be 
I don't see you sitting around, uh, sitting at home. I think you're always going to be, I, I imagine you being 80 years old still in some gym uh, yelling at some kid, uh, you know, how to shoot the ball and everything else. I, I bet some of your people probably thought I looked like I'm 80 years old. <laughs> I, um, I'm not sure how much longer it'll go. I really enjoy it. Now, I've been out of teaching. This is my sixth year out of teaching, and I don't miss most of it. Education's definitely changed. But I still enjoy the coaching. If my wife will let me go somewhere warm in the winter, then um, the coaching may go bye-bye. But right now, there's no plans on that, according to her. So coaching just as long as possible until the wife says we got to go? Well, I um, it looks like it. It looks <laughs> like it. Um, it's nice to not have to teach and be able to coach, and I do enjoy it. Um, you know, we've been done about a month now, and I'm bored. I'm ready to get back to it, and um, we will hear soon. That's precisely why I, when people said even a couple of years ago, there was, you know, once your son graduated that you would retire or, you know, I said, I, I don't think he'll ever. I said, even if they move to uh, South Carolina, I've heard you say that, or Florida somewhere nice. I said, he'll find a basketball gym because he, he's just, a, there's just people that's basketball junkies coach, and I 1,001% believe that you're one of them. You're probably right there. I sometimes think I coach because I'm not very good at anything else. <laughs> and, uh, maybe some people figure out I'm not very good at it. <laughs> but uh, I do do it. I do enjoy it. And as long as I enjoy it, I figure let's keep doing it. Coach, I, I, who was your, like, inspiration? Like, you've, at, for, you've been doing it for so long. Who were the guys that you kind of, like, uh, mimicked? I know you, uh, who when you first started out, even to now, that you kind of want to adapt their coaching style. You know, when I started out, I had nobody. I really don't know. I um, started out and just wherever I was at, that was it. Uh, my first couple of years, I don't feel like I was a very good varsity coach. I feel kind of bad for those kids. That was back in the um, early 90s. And uh, then I started getting into the fast break stuff. Uh, Rick Patino was one. I know he's a popular fella. Um Paul Westhead, back with Loyola Marymount, I loved watching them. And um, those were the first two. There were some friends that helped me along, um, some people that nobody had ever heard of before, high school coaches, and gave me some ideas, and I just put them all together. But um, really, the Rick Patinos, the um, Paul Westheads, um, were two of the ones that I enjoy watching their games. I pick up a lot of stuff from watching games. And I've always enjoyed pressing and playing fast. Uh, if you can't play fast, then you don't. But um, if I can, that's the first thing I usually look for in a team. Yeah, I know you. Uh, that's the way you love to play. I've, I've seen you always say, hey, I want to play as fast as I can, get up as many shots as you can. As a former player, I can say that, uh, you know, fitted why I was on the bench and, uh, you know, not uh, not out there because I was never going to be the fast guy on the bit, you know, on there. But uh I heard at one point in time you say that you didn't always play that style. You you slowed. You were a slow down pace at uh, at one point. What changed? Probably I didn't win enough. I'm guessing. <laughs> um, I had a guy tell me one time you should play more to your personality, and my personality isn't real quiet. Um, just stand around, make twelve passes, and um, I can actually do that probably better now than I could thirty years ago. I told you you're getting soft, Coach. I told you you're getting soft. Oh, yeah. We're not practicing three times a day like you guys remember. And 
running 600 suicides at practice. A lot of those things. I must have a little dementia because I just don't remember it all that way. Hey, we, we all do, Coach. We all do. It's funny how that works. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> oh, you don't treat them like you treated me. It's funny. I don't remember all that. <laughs> what uh so just per- personality is just that that and was that the epiphany like hey we're, yeah i'm just gonna i gotta be up and down yeah i think so i think so i think um when i first started um it i probably wasn't the funnest guy to be around coaching wise and i know coach i don't know if much has changed that's it <laughs> well maybe maybe i won't argue that but um <laughs> The kids enjoyed going fast, faster, I think, and um, took a liking to it. I took some meetings early trying to like it, and I have figured out through the years that I'd rather win than do something I like. So the had to slow down this past year was one of them. When I figured out we couldn't press, we got a lot better, but I have been known to be a slow learner. Coach, was there a certain like player that you kind of grew up like enjoying? I know you're kind of a Pistol Pete guy. Uh, is that was that kind of your guy too? Not overly. Um, you know, I doubt there's many people on here can remember the old St. Louis Hawks before they moved to Atlanta, and um, he Pistol Pete did play with them, but I don't know if that I don't know if there was ever really a player as such. But that that's a good point. I um enjoyed that i don't know if i really ever had a, had a favorite nba player to be honest with you just just coaching and taking it up the taking their styles i gotta ask you because uh, i you know it's funny there's a show called i don't know if you've seen it's called showtime um and they mm-hmm. had paul westhead and uh you know kenny miller me and him were messaging he said if i don't know paul west paul was paul westhead was like that i made a told coach he was losing his mind if we would have saw that show uh they don't paint him in a great light uh i <laughs> I mean, he's, was he really like that, Coach, do you know, or is he just – Never met just, the fella. Yeah. I um, guess – I think anybody who wants to coach pros got to be a little bit off. <laughs> That's a hard job and probably harder now than it was then. But um, interesting fella, and I know he's a real big into Shakespeare, but um, if people that haven't ever watched his teams back in the, I guess, early 90s um, and really enjoy fast break basketball, they're in for a treat. I suggest they find those games and, uh, you know, team scoring 140, 150 points now in college takes about a week to do. And uh, he, they told him he had to be a little crazy. And I definitely was sure he was a little crazy. It, when you first saw that fast break, were you like, that's the style? Like, was it instant click or like, was it like, oh, I would love to play that way? Or how did you come about with uh, following their playground? Well, I had a good friend that, um, showed me about it, um, gave me a video on it. And I said, yeah, this, it, it's really simple. It's really simple. You're one man, the point guard has a certain responsibility, the two man has a certain responsibility, the three man, so forth, so forth. And um, it seems so simple. It was something I can understand. If it's complicated, I can't understand it. And, uh, you know, they said, how do your players do one thing? Now, it helped to have his players do those one things. Um, they never really had a spot for the Nick Botkins of the world. <laughs> Maybe they'll get it figured out one of these days. Hey, that's the problem. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't have, they didn't fit me in coach. Well, in college, you can kind of get the guys you need in high school. <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way. 
Coach, you, you mentioned, I mean, 30 plus years in the Frisco League, all Division Two, Division, or not Division Two, but, you know, Class Two, Class One schools. Was there ever opportunity that something bigger, shinier, brighter came along? And, and why not? You know, um, my I spent 10 years at Crocker and things were good. We won four districts. I think we played in the finals three other years. And um, I just decided that after those 10 years, it was a time to look the leap. I just needed to change. We've gone through a whole lot of administration people. And um, my oldest had graduated. And I looked at bigger schools. Nothing just really fit. I really thought I was done with the Frisco League. I had a couple other opportunities, but uh, I stayed. I don't know if I was too lazy to move and, you know, just went 12 <laughs> miles up the road. I've lived in the same house for the last 20 plus years and um maybe i just got comfortable i don't know but um it's been good to me it's worked out well ever thought of it, it throughout the last uh 30 plus years like coaching like even assistant coach at uh like you know college or anything like that i don't you know college they want people usually that played in college and um i sure didn't do that i didn't play in high school <laughs> so um yeah, I've been great, but nobody knocked my door down. So here I am still, and it's fine. It's fine. And, you know, I'm not sure how good I would have been at a big school. I um, know a lot of the big schools have a system from high school on down, and I changed my system so much. I'm probably pretty hard to scout. Maybe that's one of my advantages. That's why, hey, that. Coach, 500 wins. They, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't, don't sell yourself short there. That's 500 plus more than a lot of other people. Well, I appreciate it, but um, it means a couple things. It means I'm old, number one. It's <laughs> a long time. And number two, I've had players that wanted to get better. You were around a lot of them. And um, I not having another life. I don't golf. That's the most frustrating sport there is. I don't. Amen, coach. That's why, hey, this is, that's why this show created. I can't do anything else other than bump my gums. So you know that from experience. So, uh <laughs> Uh, you know, um, I, I remember we were going to be a newspaper man at one time. Just that <laughs> Those newspapers are really taking off here. No, nah, they're dead to the world, coach. So that's uh, that's what landed here. I can't I can't golf. I don't have patience for, you know, the old hand eye coordination was never good for me. And uh, so I can't golf, don't have patience for fishing. So that's how the Bodkin show was created. Hey, I'm glad. And I see you being very successful at it. I know you can talk. Amen <laughs> to that. We appreciate it, coach. What's coach like? What's uh like? What's like? Do you have like a big regret from like coaching all these years? Like something like you wish you would have done differently, or hey, maybe I uh, I have I need to change styles because you know either the uh, kids have changed, I need to change, or I'm getting worn out. Oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I sometimes wish I was nicer to people. <laughs> I've hurt some feelings through the years, but. Uh, you know, I'm still invited to a lot of weddings. I'm still um, invited to graduations just the kids recently. Um, I wonder if I've enjoyed it enough. All of a sudden, it's gone. 30 years, where'd they go? Um, sometimes I do wish when I left Crocker, I would have got out of the Frisco League. Not because I haven't enjoyed it, because you have to coach against people you really enjoy, you really like. And that's one of the toughest things, you know, um, when I left Iberia, I went to Dixon for three years, and I'm coaching against kids I had in junior high at Iberia, and it's no fun. I mean, the only people – I want them to win except for when they're against me. And kids that gave me everything, and it's hard to coach against them, but it is what it is. 
Yeah, I mean, and you got to be proud of them when they're doing well, right? Like, hey, I, you saw that uh, in them, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, the only times I want them to lose was when I'm coaching them. And uh, still, we go back to Iberia and, or Dixon or wherever, and um, it's tough at times, definitely. Biggest accomplishment, is it those two Final Four runs, or do you have something other than that? Oh, you mean beside being on the Botkin show? <laughs> And yeah, put that on the resume, wrong. coach. Put that on. Hey, put that on the high school. Uh, when you decide you're going to go to college and coach, you can put that on the resume. Uh, you know, that it'll, get you. it'll look good on my tombstone. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've enjoyed it all. You know, always wish there was one. I The worst part about losing at the end of the year is it's over. And that group will never be together again. And what am I going to do tomorrow? because I have no basketball to go to the winning part. When you win a district or even when you, you win a district game, your season continues. And to me, that's the best part of it. You're giving those kids another opportunity to play. We get to stay together for a while. Rarely there's been a couple of years. I'm glad the season's over, but it's been a rarity. And I've been so lucky in that sense. I mean, right now I've got a group of kids that are great. And, um, it's nice to get up and go to work. I mean, you know, they disappoint you. They're kind of like your own kids. They disappoint you at times, but it's just part of growing up and watching them grow up is, you know, a bigger comp- accomplishment itself. Look at you. Who would have thought this? Big <laughs> media man. I don't know about that yet, but uh, I would have thought it, coach. I would have thought it. That's what I would say. Yeah, I know you did. You kept going. <laughs> you there might have been a few, I think. There might have been a few. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. one or two. Maybe one or two. Coach, what do you say to people like myself who, who uh, you feel like you got a little softer or you've kind of, you know, mellowed out a little bit? I think you might be right, to be honest with you. You know, high blood pressure, a little anxiety, taking a lot of medicine. I don't know if I can afford any more medicine. You know, medication's high nowadays. <laughs> um, I probably have a little bit, but I wonder, you know, I think sometimes I've hurt feelings a little more than I should have. And... Um, I remember it was um, Dick Bennett when he coached and he'd get after his players. And then he, I read in his book, he said he went home sometimes feeling so bad. And I have that feeling, but I feel, you know, again, it, I consider team a family and those are my kids. And while we're trying to make them better basketball players, we're trying to make them better people. And uh, I'm not sure the world's doing real good right now, making people better people in all senses. And, uh, you know, we're, why you succeed. We want to succeed in basketball. We definitely want to succeed in life. And, you know, somebody like you that I see having this, something you want to do. I feel like that has been some success. And this is a highlight. I'm not, you know, I joke with you a lot. This is a highlight. I'm really proud of watching you do this. Uh, I appreciate it, coach. Uh, It means a lot. And I can tell you uh, from all the former players that I talk to, uh, on a you know uh, a lot that you know we always say like hey you you've shaped our lives I mean uh, you uh, you know um, that's it you know so like it's you shaped our lives you helped better our lives and we're better for it we're better people because we got to play for you coach so I, I can I can say that well I appreciate it I was at a basketball clinic I believe it was this past year I don't hardly remember what I had for lunch but um, Ben McCollum the coach at Northwest Missouri State said that if you can't say no to people you love yourself too much and i know i've been able to say no so i guess i don't love myself very much (laughs) i know people don't like confrontation but 
it's just part of it. And I feel like it's made us all better. And I think you, you have to evolve, right? We can't think the same thing. Muhammad Ali once had the saying, uh, if you think the same thing at 25 as you do at 50, you wasted 25 years of your life. So you're going to evolve and adapt. So I think part of that is, uh, you know, times have changed and you get a little softer when you get older because you, you're not stressing maybe about as much as it, you, the, the, the small things that you once did, right? That's a definite. And, you know, one thing I regret, you said that when I, I used to take losses so personally, those poor kids in PE that next day, they took a beating. <laughs> I bet you did some running you probably didn't deserve in PE class or somebody else. And uh, that's one of my biggest regrets of being such an idiot to other people after losses. And uh, I know it's because of the time put in and know we could do better. And I always feel like, you know, it's my fault as much as it was the players. And uh, I sometimes feel like I could have still done better yet. Sometimes the talent's not there, though, Coach. I mean, you know, I, I, I'll speak from my senior year. Go, I mean, we knew going in, like, it's kind of we're building something for the future for those guys. And you guys went on to win quarterfinals, uh, all, districts and quarterfinals, all the way to the quarterfinals the very next year. So it's just like, you know, the talent level is is at the, you know, bottom of the cupboard here is it, when you're running out Kenny Miller, Nick Bodkins as your starting centers. So, uh, you know, not the, not the greatest line up there. Well, I did hear the quote. Many years ago, you can't win the Kentucky Derby on a jackass. <laughs> and, uh, you do need players, that's for sure. But did I do my best with that year? I don't think so. I know you, you Kenny, gave me your best. I'm not sure. Um, I still could have done a better job. I do believe that. That was. There's a few years like that, and that still bothers me too. What What years? What other years do you have, Coach? That you just like, man? If I should have done a little bit different than that. That one. Um, there was a couple of years at, before I ever got to Crocker. And uh, I wish I probably should have been a little bit more of a disciplinarian, a little tougher on people. And I didn't want to say no all the time because I didn't want the confrontation. And uh, I'm not sure I did the best for those kids. And then, you know, there was this year's where I wish I would have done something different. But hindsight's always 2020. Right. I mean, that's everything. Right. I mean, I could look back and be like, man, if I'd have just, you know, hit the gym a little bit more or maybe I didn't take it serious enough, I, I, I could have done things differently. But, yeah, you know, we live in the here and now and you look back and, you know, try to change ourselves to be better for the future. Right. And that's something I think I maybe gotten a little better at. Um, a little more patience. Um, I know you didn't think that was ever going to happen. Then <laughs> um, I bet the kids think it still hasn't happened. And a little bit more just understanding. And, you know, I'm 64 now. Turned 64 a couple of weeks ago. And um, I'm learning. I told my son when you, uh, you know, you got a chance to coach him seventh grade year a little bit. Uh, and I told him, he, he go, go in. I said, he's going to have a revolving dog, dog door. You just, hey, whatever he says. Take it, sit down, learn, and then just go. Don't worry about it. He'll put your ass back in the game. Uh, it's just kind of that's just kind of his thing. You just got to deal with it. And uh, I think he got it going. And he said something uh, reminded me too about him. You guys had lost the district championship game this past year, and he said, "Dad, they were crying in the locker room." I said, "Yeah, son." I said, "That's the last time they'll ever put that uniform on. That's the last time that team is ever together for one time." that team next year, it's going to be a different team. Uh, and those seniors will never probably put another uniform on other than, you know, that uniform ever again. Uh, Cause it just doesn't have, you know, most kids from 
this area aren't going to play D1 or even D2, or you're lucky if you get an NAIA scholarship. Exactly. Um, you know, I had a couple really good players up at Iberia. Darian Dickey was class two player of the year, and he went to William Woods, which is NIA and got a four-year degree and is doing well. I believe he's the tech director at Camdenton. And Dexter Frisbee got to play Division Two. Now he was six foot ten, and there aren't a lot of six foot ten players around. So, um, you know, if we can get him to the next level, that's great. But this year's team that I had was one of my most satisfying. And really, even with me, we were one and five, Nick. Can you remember when we were one and five with you? How much fun I was around. Oh yeah, we're a lot of fun, Coach. I, I'll never forget. I tell I tell the story all the time. We put the the trash cans in the corner for a reason, boys. This is called Hell Week. You know how good, Coach. You know how good that did. We ended up getting four, uh, next game. We got blown out by Stalin by about fifty, I think. <laughs> yeah, those trash cans didn't play very well that game. <laughs> yeah, I've um, you know, I've learned to do better with that. That does make me feel better. And um, now. And you guys asked if I'm a little softer. That was part of the reason I've had to be a little softer, and maybe in this world. But I don't want to give up too much softness. And um, so we'll see where it leads us down the road. Coach, uh, you mentioned those uh, the two kids from Iberia. They Let me ask you this in a whole. Best two kids you ever coached or, like, you've had some good ones. I mean, Matt Street is uh, off top of the list. Like, he had a great career. Uh, but Darren Dickey, is he the best you've ever, like, most talent-wise? Or is there another kid that you felt like, that kid's probably got the most talent I've ever seen in this, you know, uh, in my 30 years? Nick, I coached sophomore team at Webster Groves in 1988. I had a kid by the name of Myron Gordon that um, played at TCU. And he was oh, on snap. the sophomore team. I had um, a kid by the name of Terrence Randolph who played a year down at SEMO. Um, also won the state 100 and whatever the largest class was that year. That was the best team I think I ever had. They were <laughs> sophomore level, and that was just the difference in big school, small school. Frisco League, Darian was definitely the most, well, I say the most athletic. Nathan Rigsby was awful athletic. Oh, uh, yeah. He the Mizzou on a track scholarship. Yep. Um, Andrew Lowe could have been the most talented player skill-wise I had. Um I don't know. I, those are some. De Dexter was 6'10 and one of the hardest workers. I tell a story. Dexter broke the Iberia school scoring record one night up at Eugene. I think it was 52 points. He was the first kid in the gym the next day. And, you know, that just made him better and better. He was so bad, so clumsy. When he was um, in seventh grade, we'd work on just putting the ball up off the backboard and him catching it, putting it back in about Half the time we had to chase it because he couldn't catch it. And what he made himself into just by hard work. But um, I've been extremely lucky. I had Trey Holzer over at Dixon. He was a great scorer. I got Adam Newton right now. Adam is probably a little bit ahead of athleticism, the basketball skill. Not that his basketball skill is bad, but his big thing is his motor. He just goes so hard. And, um, you know, those are the reasons I've won 500 games. They're players like that. And I've had other players. Um, I tell people a lot of times one of my favorite players of all time was Tyler Slauson. You ever heard of Tyler Slauson, Nick? Yeah. Tyler, um, you wouldn't know if Tyler scored zero or 15. He just played. He played hard. Tyler, we're going to go guard this kid. Okay, coach. And um, never got to – if he said something, everybody would listen. 
And Tyler was such a popular kid. He was the homecoming king and the prom king his senior year. I mean, just, um, those are the other type of kids I've been lucky to have that have made it so much of a joy. Just does whatever you want. And um, again, I've been extremely lucky. Now, let's don't forget Joey and Matt, Jeff Danielson. They're both on the school board. They were some of the good ones, too. Hey, speaking, well, hey, speaking of well, some of the well, Seriously, I've been lucky there. Jeffrey is a point passing point guard was as good as anybody I ever had. Yeah, I'm trying to get his nephew. Try to get his nephew to to be that kid, but I it I, I just don't know if it's uh we're working on it. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. We're working on it. Um, yeah, that's a tough one to follow. But um, Joey Mintz, one that didn't have a a lot of athletic ability, but um, kept working. Never got much playing time till his senior year, and um, I believe shot close to forty percent from three. And that was one of my most satisfying teams too. Was the old three team? They um. We'd lost all five starters from 02, and people didn't think we were going to be very good. And those guys just never had a chance. And another great group. Yeah, I remember they lost uh, the uh, district title game uh, to Stoutland that year with the the big Dunbar kid. Uh, yeah, they had Dunbar and they had Hartman. I, I forget yeah. Dunbar was like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Hartman was 6'6". Yep. Six, six. Yeah, I think he's starting at six foot center, which works out the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say we are. I think that ta uh, tallest kid on uh, was uh, Allen at the time, and I think he was probably six foot at best. And yeah, might have listed him six one on the on the program. Yeah, we tried to stretch him out a little. <laughs> Speaking of some uh, former players, coach, we got some comments coming in here. Uh, Chris Chris uh, says, "Hey, coach, Coach Schofield's the man, best coach, hands down, one of my favorite people out there." So. Uh, hey, I appreciate it. I'm not sure about that. It takes players, but uh, <laughs> I got and, a lot of good ones. Kale wants to know uh, how many shoes you uh, wear uh, throughout the year because uh, you, from you pacing the sidelines. I'm too cheap to buy another pair of shoes, so one usually gets me through. But um, I do like to get my steps, and you know now with all these watches showing your steps, tell you you're in good health. I want to get up there, and it looks like I'm exercising. And uh, your old buddy Jay Goodrich wants to know. Uh, he said, uh, "Car hit the snowball, hit the car. How bad practice was the the next day after that?" I believe that was after a loss, if I'm not mistaken. So it <laughs> probably wasn't going to be good. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I do remember the snowball thing. I kind of forgotten about that. Thanks, Jay, for bringing that up. <laughs> And uh, Chris Long said, "A uh, big reason why he coached the way is because uh, because of you. You're absolutely the best." Which I, I told you, Coach. Uh, a lot of former players probably hold you in a lot of high regard that you may not, may or may not even know or even think about. Uh, you know, I I always have. I've always it probably I tell people all the time if I listed uh, my male influencers in my life, you would probably be you know top of that list, especially growing up in junior high and high school. So. Uh, you know, you're right there, probably the top three on the list there. Thank you. That means a lot. I, and I really mean that. If I've done something good to make somebody better, that's what my job was. Um, I figured my PE career wasn't ever taking anybody to the <laughs> promised land. Um, but, um, you know, to make people better, that's a lot. And we forget about that now in education, I think, sometimes that we're trying to help people grow and get them ready for the future. and. Um, Hopefully, I did that more good than bad. I think you did great, Coach. Um, 
Let me ask you, if you were going to give somebody one piece of advice to say, let's just say a, a guy that's getting ready to start his first year at coaching, what would what advice would you give him? Probably not to coach. Um, <laughs> I No, it's been good to me. You know, you've got to have thick skin. You've got to be put in a place to succeed. Um, my first job, two years, I got fired. Um my next two years, I was eight and 33, but I think the school district's pretty happy. People weren't getting arrested anymore. Um, technicals cut down. The third year after that, we won the school's first district. And it just, it takes the right group of kids. And um, you've got to have some patience with school districts, uh, which is harder and harder to find nowadays. You know, a um, good friend of mine won the Frisco League this year. And he's out of a job and that doesn't make any sense to me, but it, I'm afraid it's the way it is. I've been very lucky. Crocker um, was very good to me. Iberia, very good to me. Dixon was great. And um, I wasn't teaching there. So that had something to do with it, but um, you're going to have to have a little patience, probably a little bit more, but you ought, again, back to the Ben McCollum quote, you got to be able to say, no, people don't like to do it. But you got to say no, and you may have some confrontation over it. But um, if you can't say no, I wouldn't go into coaching. I mean, you got to say no to some of the some of these parents. Every kid, I feel like, feels their their every parent feels like their kid's Michael Jordan or something out there. Um, how, how do you handle that? Because like I don't, I struggle. I coached the, just my son's, you know, little league uh, basketball team. I had a parent who felt like their kid should have got more playing time or this and that, and. Well, I'm, I I don't know how to, I didn't handle it probably the best way. How do you handle that situation when every parent thinks that uh, their kid's the greatest thing to ever touch a basketball court? You know, I, I actually talked to the South Central Referees Association last week. Not sure why, but I did. They asked me to come down and speak in great group of guys. Um, and I told them a story. I coached baseball my first year as a head coach back in 91, no, 92, 93. And this parent was all over the umpire. He was all over the players. And I said, I asked this kid, I said, what makes him such an expert? He goes, you give him a lawn chair and they become an expert. And I've always remembered that. And people in the stands are the same way. But uh, Kelvin Sampson once said, if you listen to him, you'll soon be sitting with them. And, um, you know, I, I feel bad for the parents sometimes, too. Um, they're on the kids or the coach or whatever. And sooner or later it's over with. And I don't know what those parents are going to complain about. I guess something else. And they should try to enjoy it a little bit more. You know, Nick, this past season, I had one of my easiest years with parents. I was, um, and I'm sure they don't all agree with me. That's just the way of the world. But um, I, all in all, I've been very lucky. And, Usually it just comes down to playing time more than anything. And uh, it is what it is. It's just part of it. Yeah. I tell every, every kid or every, you know, my own kids and I credit my dad for the way growing up, like, Hey, like you want more playing time. You got to put in the work or you got to realize like, is this person just athletic? You know, I knew going in, I played under Bobby, you know, Bobby Phillips, who I think to this day might've been one of the best big men in the Frisco league as far as footwork. I was his backup for all them years. And I just knew Bobby Phillips was just 10 times better than me on even on his worst day and on my best day, uh, just athletic wise. And you got to look your kid in the face and just say, hey, if you want to be better, you got to get better. 
Uh, I tell my own son that, hey, you want more playing time? You got to put in the work. Are you willing to do that when everybody else is at home? That's the question you got to ask yourself and uh, be honest with yourself and your kid. That's that's if you look out there and be like, there's no way that this kid's better. My kid's, you know, not as good or talented. It's because he's not or he's not putting in the work. I think most of the time the kids know it's the adults. And I don't know, maybe they find it an embarrassment. I'm not sure, you know, maybe the coach is holding back their son that's going to have an NBA career. You <laughs> never know. But um, so many, so of, many from the Frisco League coach. It's a, you know, it's straight to the NBA from, uh, you know, Frisco League to the NBA. Well, you know, honestly, think the world of Darian Dickey. Those people thought he was going to be playing on TV because he was so athletic for the Frisco. He was athletic for class too. And his athleticism helped him. Um, at William Woods, but um, it's just a different world out there. Well, Darian was so athletic, he was an All-American in track at um, William Woods. I think in the decathlon, I believe, which is makes you about as athletic as anything. Amen and um, people, you know, they all want to succeed, but also some of them would rather their kid be all-conference and the team win conference. And it's, again, a part of it. I feel bad. I know plenty of kids. I've coached some of them where they haven't been allowed to enjoy it as much as it maybe they should have. You were smart enough to know that um, you weren't as good. I think I was the same way. Bring up Bobby Phillips. There was a good player. Bobby just didn't have a love for the game or I think it was just a lot of work for him. But Bobby was, what was he, 6'6", six, six, maybe 240? Yeah. yeah I, I, to, we do a yeah. sprint and Bobby could win it. Yeah. And um, – so, but you relies that, and um, you know, a lot of these kids that they're after you, a lot of times the kid just doesn't have the love for the game. Maybe sometimes his parents does, and that's tough on the parent. I understand that. If it was up to me, the mission would let me, I'd play more than five, start more than five kids, but you just, they won't let me do that. <laughs> Seems like sometimes the other team has more than five out there, but never hey, right, love. right. Hey, no, I understand that, coach. Um, so Jay has also said KYP. You talked about we talked about some of your acronym KYP. I still use it today. So uh, you know, you said something earlier, Kiss. I said keep it simple, stupid. I think I've used that as well. And uh, you know, so the yeah, I told you a few quotes. I wish you wouldn't have used. <laughs> Kale says uh, Rachel has an opening. Uh, if you're uh, in, interested, coach, you know what the one of the few Frisco leagues you haven't uh, haven't went to yet. You know, actually, um, I had a chance to go to Richland years ago, and it just didn't work out. They offered me, and it was a money thing, and um, it just didn't work out. And, you know, I've gotten rich now doing it by not yeah. no. And um, I think it would have been great, but I'm probably stuck in Crocker now. The nice part of coaching here in Crocker again that I'd forgotten about was the five-minute drive. <laughs> Still going to get kids. I, I, every day it snows, Coach, out here. I still think about all them trips that you uh, – I was like, I don't know how Coach would still practice in the snow, would go get kids, like, it, you know, all the way out on 17. You're still doing all those things too. You know, I thought about that this um, winter, not near as much as I used to. I um, Maybe more parents don't work. I, well, you know. <laughs> The way of the world, they shut down if we get snowflakes. Right. Nobody has to go to work. And um, I don't do that as much as I used to. I um, 
do every once in a while, take somebody home. And, you know, I feel like if the kid's willing to make the effort to get to practice, I can do that. And if it helps out the parent, that's great. I remember when you rode your bike to baseball practice. I did, Coach. I did. Got told to go home right afterwards. So, which is Joey Immense, says, uh, do you still have the old blue caravan? Yeah. (laughs) No, the blue caravan's gone. He's got. He's making me so much money here, at Crocker. Now I can get rid of the blue caravan. Hey, there you go. Hey, Joey's gonna pull up to get the get the uh, you know limo out for you. Yeah, or the 2014 <laughs> Sentra I have now. One of the two. <laughs> Coach, I'm gonna let you get out of here. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, I gotta ask you, how come we didn't slow it down my senior year and just force me the ball? I could have got, I could have got us a twenty, you know, a double double coach before I got fouled out. You know, that's one of my big regrets, Nick, of holding you back. <laughs> but you know, if I hadn't, you probably wouldn't be doing podcasts now with me. So I guess hey, maybe. Hey, yeah, you knew, coach. You knew. I, if I hold this guy back, he, I could have been on ESPN talking about my glory days in the NBA, sitting next to Magic, coach, and said I'm in my basement talking to you. Well, you got a basement that beats a lot of people. So, that's <laughs> uh, Coach, I appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck next season. Uh, all Chris Log says all the way da- to Kirksville and back. Um, so I miss the old Kirksville days. It finally went under Kirksville. They don't do it anymore. Yep. Pandemic blew it up, but I was taking teams up there through the pandemic and a lot of good times and things. I know that. Um, Probably shouldn't go, Nick, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> hey, I tell people all the time, I was a wild boy, Coach. I was a wild boy. Well, you at least kept it a secret, I guess. <laughs> I, I, every time we go out to Iowa to see my folks, I, I tell my kids, hey, I used to, me and your uncle used to play up there uh, every summer. So, yeah, uh, it was pretty neat, wasn't it? Yep, I enjoyed it. A lot it. of good uh, memories. Yep, a lot of good memories. Some of the best times. Uh, uh, maybe that's some of the best times, the worst times of my high school life were playing for you, coach. I mean, uh, showing up to practice with trash cans and, uh, you know, I remember getting the, walking into the house saying, coach says you got practice eight, six in the morning. You ain't there. You're off the team. And I knew we was in trouble then. So, uh, you know, one quick story. Um, I coached <laughs> with my son at Lakeway the last couple of years up to this year. And, uh, I kicked him out of practice one day. And Brad goes, do we have to come back at six in the morning? And I don't want to do that anymore, Brad. So part of the drive. Um, yeah, if I was going to be miserable, I wanted everybody else. But hey, I, I'm pretty sure I made him that way. Sometimes I think I get that from you, Coach. Sometimes if I'm mad, I tell my wife, I know I'm mad and everybody got to be mad. So maybe that's I, – so I, I thought it was from my family, but I think it's just from being around you all them years uh, – if you're miserable, we all got to be miserable together. I'm glad I could teach you something, buddy. <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, I'm going to hit that outro, folks. This has been another great uh, episode of the Bodkin Show with the legendary coach, Coach Steve Schofield, Missouri Basketball Hall of Famer, friend, mentor, family, friend, whatever you want to say. Be a friend, tell a friend, folks. Like, subscribe, share. I'm going to hit that outro. It's been another great episode. I'll be back tomorrow night, Buffoon and Bodkins, 8.30 Central. Catch us right here on the Bodkins Channel Network, our Let's Talk Sports. We'll see you tomorrow night. It's been another great episode.